1: Nation to another edition of the Core Four Podcast, a podcast under the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is none other than the producer of the Auto and Jeffrey show every day from 2 to 4 on 92.9. Connor Dunning, a.k.a. Mr. Mount Rushmore. Connor, what's up? <laughs> hey, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, basketball's back,
0: right? Basketball is finally back. Yes, it was like a, yeah, yesterday, getting that tweet finally from Rote Woj that it got, that it got approved was, it was like Christmas, man. It was, I've, it's been what, set over 70 days and it's still going to be like, by the time I think we actually get basketball, it's going to be like a hundred it's going to be like somewhere in the hundreds of days that we've gone without, without any basketball. So it's, it's long overdue.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually saw somebody say that the gap between the suspension of play and the return to play will be the same amount as the last day of the NBA season to training camp. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. But, but then, I, hey, but now we're going to get like a year straight of basketball. So, I mean, kind of worked out.
1: It's going to be pretty dope. I, my mom pointed this out to me, but for once, I'm actually going to get basketball on my birthday.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a November birthday, so I've always got that. So, I
1: can't really speak on that. True. And, you know, it's really just a dose of good news we really needed, to be honest, with everything that's been going on the past three months. 2020 sucked. Absolutely, sure. man.
0: It's been, it's been a rough one. And, you know, like the stuff that we're going through right now, it's, uh, it's extremely important. And I think everyone knows where, where the two of us stand. Like, like we, we stand firmly with Black Lives Matter and moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it's just we just got to keep on fighting, using our voices and, and lifting up those that need to. So it's, uh, it's a weird time, man. It's definitely a weird time. So that's why hopefully – Hopefully basketball can at least be an outlet for some people that need that need a break because there is a lot going on. So there's no shame in needing to take a take a social media break for a day or take a break. And, but hopefully, I mean, it's just we need outlets, you know, because, like, I think I've watched everything on Netflix, so I'm starting to run out of things. Like four hours of disc golf the other day was, was kind of my breaking point that I had to watch on YouTube.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I echo everything you say, and honestly, I'm very proud to see all the peace that we've seen, the peaceful protests we've seen. And honestly, the fact that the league that we cover relentlessly, the league that we adore and admire unconditionally has been going out there and making a difference. And I, it just shows that there are so many good people out there in the NBA.
0: Right. Absolutely. It's a great community.
1: Yes. And so, as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, Adrian Wojnarowski and Sean Sharnia – Both reported that the NBA is back with a 29-1 to vote. Shout out to Portland for being bitches. Of course. Of course. Um, We're going to get basketball. It's going to be a 22-team regular season with eight games. And then there's this weird thing, gimmick kind of thing, where if the nine seed is within three games of eight, then there'll be a play-in between eight and nine. But the caveat is if nine loses once, they're done. They had to beat the eight seed twice for them to make it into the postseason and ultimately get their asses handed to them by the Lakers or the Bucks. So, Connor, what are your thoughts on this whole gimmick that they're trying right now with the play-ins and the regular season play? What are some things you're looking forward to watch with all that?
0: So to be honest, man, like uh, a lot of the proposals that were coming out before the vote happened had me pretty nervous. I mean, I was on Gianotto and Jeffrey for about a week. We talked about, are the Grizzlies getting screwed? I mean, I think, like I had conversations with you and, and text groups and stuff like that. It's We were all worried that the Grizzlies were going to get the big-time shortening of the stick here. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that they did. I think that this proposal and what got approved is probably the best-case scenario that we could have hoped for other than the just straight-up 1-16 through 16 seating of the playoffs. I mean, yes, I understand that it's kind of ridiculous that the Suns are technically in the playoffs right now. Technically, I guess, or, or whatever the purgatory is befo- between the regular season and the playoffs that we're going through right now. But uh, it, it, they had to. They needed the three-force vote. They needed the money. It made the most sense going forward. And I'm going to be honest. I think the Grizzlies have a pretty damn good advantage here. They have basically two shots to clench the eighth seed. They're either going to, they're either going to fight off teams in these eight games, which I think is very doable. And I mean, I'm sure you and I will go through the schedule here in a moment and we'll kind of give our predictions and stuff, but, Also, let's say that they don't clinch it with, with those eight games, they're still going to have an opportunity to win back that eight seed. And because going into it, I don't really see, it, it would have to take a big time collapse from the Grizzlies, which could happen because they're young, but I, I just don't expect it to happen. I don't like going into that eight, nine game. I think the Grizzlies will probably be the eight seed. So if they don't clinch it, I think that they'll have to lose twice to at least lose it and and even if they are the ninth seed, I believe that they could beat any of those teams twice in a row. So we're sitting in a pretty good spot right now. I think the odds came out for who's going to be the eighth seed. And I think the Grizzlies have like a 63.7% chance to win the eight seed based on the Raptors. So hopefully that holds true. It's, I was actually pleasantly surprised by the NBA's proposal. I'm really excited to see how it works now if I was a team that wasn't the Grizzlies and maybe a seed above me a little bit, I may be a little bit more pissed off because those seeds are so close to each other. These eight games could really change things in the Western conference, especially. So I'm just interested to see if any of the higher seeds, maybe jockey for position here, or maybe try to tank a game or two to, to get a better matchup. So that's going to be what's really interesting. I think with this new format.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. And I don't know if I would actually be pissed if I was a higher seed. I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now. And for one, the big thing that I was concerned with with any proposal, obviously I was worried about the Grizzlies getting the short end of the stick. But, I mean, this is like Luca bias aside. Like they have have a a 10-and-a-half game lead over Portland. I would have been pissed if a 7-seed was dragged into playoff uh, play-in games when Dallas is almost I think they're definitely almost double closer to the three seed than they are to the nine seed actually they're closer to the two seed than they are the that's what I mean like
0: it could things could change very quickly in the Western Conference if if just like if one team just completely just like forgets how to play basketball which and that's another thing we have no idea how these teams are going to come back I mean I think it's silly of us to not think that these guys have actually been practicing together this whole time. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see the team dynamics coming back. And that's why the Grizzlies, them being so close and already having very good team chemistry, I think is going to be a benefit going into this because we're not gonna, they're not really going to have to figure that out. We just got to kind of figure out what they're going to do with Justice Winslow. But other than that, the team chemistry is already great and they know how to play together. They're not going to have to figure out new pieces coming in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And one thing I just thought of this with the whole Phoenix stuff that you're talking about, but I do like the idea of this 22 team one, especially even if it gets teams like the Kings or the Suns or the Wizards in because you're also adding more star power. And with Ron James approaching the twilight of his career, Kevin Durant kind of in the same boat, especially with this Achilles injury. The, the league needs to build new stars. And honestly, this is the perfect platform for it because all eyes are going to be on the NBA. It's going to be the only sports league that's on. There's going to be that thirst for sports and content, especially after three months. Actually, by the time basketball starts, it'll be four months without basketball. So, I mean, obviously, you have John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and then you also have Dane Lillard, Zion, And people for people always leave out Brandon Ingram when he's a 22 year old all-star that just averaged to like 25 a game. Like it's pretty dreadful to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very odd. So I guess, I guess I have a question for you. First off, I echo everything that you said. I think it's, I think it's fantastic that we're going to have so much star power, which is another reason that I'm kind of for the 22 team thing. I mean, of course we are all Grizzlies fans first, but we're also just basketball fans in general. And, I know, like, I, there's a, there's a very small part of me that's like, yeah, we're going to win it all. But, like, I'm being realistic here. I do want to see as many stars as I can in this thing. It's, I've missed basketball. So, seeing all of the stars back is going to be really cool. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you is, are the Pelicans really the biggest threat? Because if we look at the regular season, which still matters, that 65-game sample size, still matters. And, and, and people that act like it doesn't, that's completely silly. But... They were not that great with Zion. They were about 500 with Zion. Uh, The Kings are honestly the team that I was more worried about going down that stretch. When the regular season before got canceled, the Kings had me worried because they got healthy and hot at the right time. So the two teams that I'm a little bit more concerned about, to be honest, are kind of Portland and kind of the Kings because I just don't know what the Pelicans are going to look like.
1: I agree. Yeah. For one... I'm just going to throw this out there and say, I'm not going to say that San Antonio or Phoenix are threats, to be honest. I don't consider yeah, Portland not. a threat either because in my mind, they have Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. And that's like no disrespect towards Carmelo Anthony or Hassan Whiteside or Yusuf Nurkic. But their team isn't deep enough to compete with the Grizzlies or the Pelicans or even the Kings. Right? I do consider the Kings to be a giant threat because before the end of the season – they had their last 10 games. They were seven and three and they're 500 in the conference or 20 and 20 actually of those teams in the fight for the eight seed. They had the best conference record right at 500 and they have De'Aaron Fox who he's a dog. He plays with the giant chip on his shoulder. They have one of the best shooters in the league and buddy healed Bogdan Don He's going to be looking for a payday as a free agent. So he's going to be sure to use his platform to get paid because Lord knows what the salary cap and free agent situation is going to look like this summer and potential underrated storyline here is do they get Marvin Bagley back? They get Marvin Bagley back. That's at least a rotation caliber big man that could go off for the occasional 25 and 10 in a game.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see which stars are returning because I know that Kevin Durant has already said that he's not going to be returning even though he may be able to. And I, I don't think Kyrie's going to play for Brooklyn. But, but, like, the Grizzlies, we're getting Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Justice Winslow back. I don't think – is Grayson Allen playing? He's not coming back, is he?
1: Um, from what I've heard, Grayson's been practicing. But he's been
0: practicing, okay.
1: Probably, yeah. So, I think I talked to
0: so him Yeah, that. It's going to be really interesting to see, like, what reinforcements teams get. And, like, luckily for the Grizzlies, we already know what they look like with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. Like, they they played together. They're not going to have to figure it out too much. But, yeah, it's going to be, man. And that's why there's just so many question marks. And, like, I'm looking at the schedules right now. And to be honest, like, the Kings don't have that hard of a schedule. They got the Pelicans, the Nets, Mavericks, Rockets, Magic, Pelicans, Pacers, Spurs. So theirs is 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 pretty tough but it's not nearly as tough as the grizzlies or the pelicans like to be honest I think that I think the kings have some a legitimate possibility to make some moves here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See I don't know what the schedule is going to hold to be honest so I'm not going to take stock in what what all we've been seeing so far but I also while they're also the biggest threat I think out of all of them In a play-in situation, I'd rather play the Kings than the Pelicans and the Blazers because I'm just worried about something fishy going on, you know? (laughs) It's no no secret that they want Zion on display here, and I'm just worried that they do some fishy stuff to make sure that he's playing against LeBron James because let's be real, that's going to generate the ratings, and that's what I'm concerned about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think that we all know that this the, that part of this 22-team format was to absolutely get Dame and, and Zion in the playoffs. We're not blind to that. We're not stupid to that. But it's just, at the end of the day, it's I do think that they were able to kind of work out something where they got Zion in, but it doesn't completely screw the Grizzlies. But to your point, one-game elimination, I do not want to pay, play the Pelicans because they have, like, legitimate superstars that can just – take over a game like we've already seen drew holiday do it to the grizzlies one time and we've seen brandon ingram do it uh multiple times throughout the season Uh, zion really hasn't taken over a game yet but i mean i'm sure he's possible i mean i'm sure that he can if, if it's just it's i'm so curious to see what he looks like i have no idea if he's gonna be overweight underweight it's just i have no idea it's gonna take basically the first time i see him to really make an assessment there but uh the pelicans are scary to me in the sense that they have a lot of firepower they just didn't figure it out. But if they come in and they figure out the rotation and they figure out kind of their team chemistry and how to work together, then they turn into a big threat. It's just based on the sixty-five game sample size and based on the, uh, the about sixteen games—was it sixteen or eighteen games—that we had with Zion. I just I'm not as worried about them as I as I am the Kings going going into it. Just based on how they played before the season got canceled.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to ask you two questions before. We move into these outlook. One, who do you think's gonna surprise us in this this little twenty two team format? Which team do you see actually making a potential run at you know maybe the finals? Who knows? Because I mean, it's also Ooh. wide open.
0: Yeah, it's hold on. Let me. Let, I gotta pull up my standings here real quick to see which which team I think could possibly make a run. I mean, it's gonna sound dumb coming from both of us, man. But I, if I, I'm gonna be real honest here. I think the Mavericks could make some moves, dude. Like, Luca and KP were really figuring it out at the end of the season. Like, Kristaps Porzingis had really figured out how to play with Luca. I think that they could possibly make a run. I think the Jazz with Mike Conley, they were starting to figure it out there right at the end. He had a really good run of games before they got canceled. The Rudy Gobert thing is going to be interesting, though, so that may hinder their possibility for a run. But I also feel like people are kind of forgetting about the Nuggets. We've heard that. Jokic is coming in not fat so that's going to be fun to see yeah Um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of interesting teams but um I think the heat could possibly make a run it's kind of the same dark horses that we had I think going into the playoffs anyway um I don't think those have really changed I think the same dark horses are still kind of the same dark horses
1: yeah I actually have so I I like Dallas as a potential surprise I don't like Utah in this scenario, they lost Bojan Bogdanovic for the season, and he was averaging about like a twenty and seven. So I think that's going to be a huge blow to them. And also, too, I don't know what their chemistry situation is going to look like. It's,
0: yeah, it's. I it was one of those things where, like, as I was saying it, I was like, oh wait, Rudy Gobert. I like it's. I kind of forgot about it in a weird way.
1: Yeah. So I have as this big sleeper team. I have Boston. Because. Are they a sleeper team? They're a three seed. I mean, it's pretty. It should be overwhelming that the Milwaukee Bucks are the presumable favorite to win the East. Right. They're one of the best teams of the past decade, probably, but nobody talks about it. Oh, yeah. It.
0: They're like. They're historically great with their like point differential and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But with Boston, Jason Tatum was really turning it on and he was making plays that. MVP caliber alpha dogs make and that's the kind of player that you need in the postseason also Mm -hmm. they have Jalen Brown who's really good Kemba Walker Marcus Smart Gordon Hayward was actually hurt I think when this whole thing was going on so he's back and healthy and they're really playing
0: well he was playing really well too
1: oh I know and then he was starting to and then Daniel Tice was starting to figure it out as a starting center. That was always their weak link, and I think Tice has emerged as a guy that you know he can be a starter on a really good team because of the guys around him. So absolutely, and also Brad Stevens is still Brad Stevens. So right, right. I, uh-huh. I have I like Boston in this scenario. Maybe Indiana, maybe. It depends
0: so much on Oladipo and how he looks.
1: And Brogdon, too.
0: Yeah. It's, they've got, they're one of those teams where it's like if their injured guys can come back and be somewhat what they were before they got hurt, then they could change, it could change their fortunes for sure. But, I mean, that's going to be an interesting matchup if the seeding stays the same with four and five up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what about disappointments?
0: Disappointments. Oof. Okay. Um, I think – <laughs> I'm kind of hoping the Rockets are a disappointment. Um, I think Philly's going to be a disappointment. That's kind of it. I guess it's, I mean, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe the Pelicans, they, I mean, technically, could they be a disappointment if they, if they kind of flame out? Right. It's just, I, I guess maybe, I mean, we have kind of talked through Utah. It could possibly be Utah. I'm switching my mind on them. Uh, but real quick, I do want to bring up a point that's that kind of I had when you were talking about Boston. Um, the importance of big games for younger players. We've seen that Boston, when Kyrie went down, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart had to really take the reins of that team and lead them through the playoffs. Now they ran into a freight train named LeBron James, but the importance of those games, I think, is going to be huge coming up into this little in this little thing that we're going into, whatever you want to call it, the playoffs, the 22-team format, whatever. And that's why I think that with the Grizzlies, having this tournament or play-in or format, even if it doesn't work out the way that we want it to, these games are going to be massive for Ja, Brandon, Justice, Jaron, all of the young guys on this team, Melton, DB, getting experience of, of not only – I mean, they're going to get at a, at a minimum eight games that are basically going to feel like a playoffs, at a minimum. That's huge moving forward, and it could be more. It's, so I'm excited to see how they react to the pressure, I think is one thing I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I think it's very important that people need to realize that, yes, while all this time allows guys to get healthy, especially for the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Justice Winslow, they're getting a little mini training camp to implement Justice Winslow into the, into the lineup. So Absolutely. We, So, like, if they would have just had the season as is, I don't know how Justice Winslow would have been because they would be implementing him in. He would also be coming off an injury. I don't know how it would have looked immediately. I do think it could have flipped a switch in the playoffs. But to start, it might have been a little rough. But now, you're getting that advantage of getting an entire training camp while also getting three months to condition yourself also. So... I mean, is he a guy that he could start, play 25, 30 minutes a night and be a real legitimate – I would say he'd almost be like a third banana to John Jaron, right? I don't think there's any like kind of like third wheel or big three or whatever with this team, but he could probably come in and be the third best player, right? Do you see a situation like that?
0: Yeah, I think he absolutely could. I think uh, on the top of everyone's mind right now is probably is that Brandon Clark would be the – what most people think is going to end up being that, that third guy, but I think Justice Winslow absolutely could. I mean, we've seen throughout his career that he's kind of been positioned to be that player, and when he has been healthy, he's absolutely put up the production of that of that type of player. So, uh, yeah, I think he could be a major factor moving forward for this team, and if he does turn out to stay healthy and be that third guy, it's going to just increase the ceiling on this team even more when it's already pretty high if we think that John and Jaron are going to hit their potential. so. I'm very excited moving forward. So uh, so what do you think the lineup, though, is going to look like? Do you think that they're going to kind of roll with Kyle Anderson for a little bit before they can, they can kind of marry Justice Winslow in? I don't expect him to really be a major, major major factor in maybe the first game, but maybe the second, third, and fourth games is when we're going to see Jenkins kind of put him in the lineup a little bit more and try to get his rhythm going a little bit more. But I do expect him at least to start. The games with, with kind of the same lineup to try to keep some consistency from the regular season.
1: You know, it's funny you ask because I was about to ask you the same thing. Now think about this. <laughs> same think about this for a little bit. So you okay. go ahead and just start Kyle Anderson with Jod, Jaron, Jonas, and Dylan. But that second unit, you. Have that trio that just obliterated people with Tyus Jones, D'Anthony Melton, and Brandon Clark. Yep. The best trio in the league, basically. Basically, yeah. Now add in Justice Winslow and Gorgie Dang into that. Ooh-wee. I like that a lot. That, that's honestly. Ooh-wee. And obviously, it's, stuff's going to differ when it comes to closing time. And we've seen Jenkins kind of roll with more of like best five out there. Instead of, right. instead of just being like, okay, back to my starters, back to my closing lineup. When we've seen games where he has Jaron and Clark out there with Jonas on the bench or with Jonas and Jaron with Brandon on the bench. Or he's even had some nights where he's closed with Jonas and Brandon Clark because Jaron didn't have it that night. And I think that's a real luxury with his team. And the possibilities only extend when you have Justice Winslow Who you can have him in at the three, and you put him with John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr., you can slide him down to the four in small ball situations. Or, you know, if if there's a game where maybe like Tyus Jones isn't having it, you can put Justice Winslow in at point guard or let him facilitate the offense more while Tyus tries to find his outside shot as an off-ball floater and spacer. So I just love the amount of possibilities this team has. And I think that really gives them a clear advantage over teams like Portland and teams like the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans match the Grizzlies in depth. But, I mean, if guys like – for example, like with their bench, if J.J. Redick doesn't have it one night, who – I mean, who are they going to go with as that three-point threat, off-ball spacer – I don't know. Maybe Josh Hart, but he's not JJ Redick. Whereas the or if Lonzo balls off one night, granted, you can put Drew Holiday there and start him next to Josh Hart, but you're also losing a lot with Lonzo Ball with his playmaking right. and his defense. So it's nice to have that luxury of okay, this guy doesn't have it. Let's roll with this guy because that even rolls into why I think. An 11-man rotation like Jenkins employs works is let's say one night you're not having it from Kyle Anderson or you're not having it from D'Anthony Melton you can go in and put Josh Jackson or Grayson Allen in and see what they can get from you and same right. goes for the big man rotation if Gorgie Dane doesn't have it one night you can slide Brandon Clark down to the five and play small ball or you can put in Anthony Tolliver and see what he's doing I'm interested to see what they do with him by the way with his 10-day contract but that's something to keep in mind too.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think a big talking point for us on a few of the Core 4 podcasts and just kind of within the Grizzlies community was about how this is one of the first times in Grizzlies history where basically every guy that walks on the court, I don't have a problem with. There's usually that one like, oh, son of a, he's in, you know? This Mm -hmm. team doesn't really have it. I can trust pretty much everyone that goes in. And to your point, the depth is so good because I think that the Grizzlies have so many guys on the team that stay pretty calm, cool, and collected in a moment. And they also have ball-handling ability and playmaking ability. Uh, Justice Winslow, when he was in Miami before he got hurt this season, was a walking triple-double because they decided to put him at point guard, and it opened up his game completely. So we know that, like, let's say if Tyus is having a tough night or if Jenkins just wants to switch it up and and give – the opposing team a different look you run justice at that point guard position and he can make some damage there man he's going to make some things happen he's a big player and he likes to play physical and that's going to be great for the Grizzlies moving forward like you said we can just hit teams with so many different schemes and looks it's it's like they're kind of like a chameleon in a way they're not just set in one way they can go big they can go small they can go three they can go speed it's it's really really impressive how King Kleiman and Jenkins have been able to kind of mold this team with, with the rest of the front office and coaching staff into what they really are. They are a dynamic offense and defense. And a year ago, I can't believe I'm saying that today. I mean, we've, it's been recent that we passed the anniversary of your freak out, my freak out and Brandon's freak out at the casual pint because we were blessed by that ping pong ball falling to the memphis grizzlies it was just it's it's still truly unbelievable to me how a year ago we were like i have no idea what we're going to do and now we're talking about legitimate conversations about the grizzlies being in the playoffs a year removed it's it's truly remarkable the turnaround this team has had
1: i agree and to your point with this whole i like the chameleon reference i really do that's a really good reference i gotta we gotta start using that one more often that's
0: what i'm here for that's what I'm
1: here for. i actually remember writing something on gbb last season it was either before last season or last season in general the grizzlies didn't have any positional versatility if guys were power forward or if guys were at the four they were better at the four and you would get obliterated with them at the five your center right. you're pure centers they couldn't move down to the four Uh, With your shooting guards and small forwards, a lot of them were better off at those same spots. So you couldn't slide any of those threes really down to the four. I think maybe just Kyle Anderson, but that's it. And same thing goes with the point guards. You couldn't really go with your point guards on the court at the same time. Granted, it worked plus minus wise because Mike Conley was that good and that much better than everyone else on the roster. But it's just great to have that lineup – Versatility. I mean, we've even seen it before. Like we've seen small ball with Jaron and Clark at the four and five. We've seen it to where they go more traditional big, and they have Jonas out there with either Clark or Jaron Jackson Jr. That was actually one fit I was worried about was Brandon Clark and Jonas Valanciunas on the <laughs> court together. But they obliterate everyone, and it's pretty good. Right. Cool. And also, Jing too.
0: The, the games where he would run, he ran a few games where it would be Jonas and Jang out. There together, and that
1: actually kind of worked too. Mm-hmm. Also, I always really liked it when Jenkins went with Tyus, Melton, and Grayson. Granted, it was just oh, a combination yeah, of our brands, fun. but it actually yeah. worked, and I liked it.
0: Yeah. Melton, man, Melton has, yeah. dude, he just Mr. Do Something, Mr. Glue guy. He's, ah, I would die for D'Anthony
1: Melton. Yes, we know. And we can go on and <laughs> on, but it would be like a three hour podcast, but this is true. Um, just one thing I want to ask before we wrap up the show is, what's one, like we don't know the schedule yet. We don't know how they're going to do it yet. But what is one matchup you would really like to see for the Memphis Grizzlies? Whether actually, let's make it fun. Let's do both a player matchup, like an individual matchup, and a team matchup.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I want to see Zion versus Ja. Like, uh, I, like, that's something I really want to – I do want to see that head-to-head matchup. I want to see how they react with each other on the court. Um, it would be great if Ja can just totally dominate the game. I feel like that's a cop-out answer, but that's, that's the matchup I want to see. Um, the team I want to see the Grizzlies play, uh, this is going to be a bit of a cheap one, but I'm going to go with the Lakers because if they play the Lakers, that means that they made the playoffs. So I'm going with the Lakers.
1: I like that. Um, I'm going to go with two opposite ones because it would be boring as hell if I went with the same one. The player matchup I really want to see, and we didn't get this at all this season, is I would really want to wait. We might have gotten it. I don't know. But I want to see Jaron Jackson Jr. against Chris Dots forcing us because I they, don't know there, if we got it. I don't know. So I don't think Kristaps played that first game in Memphis. They were going to play in Memphis again in April. In uh, Dallas, I don't know if that was a game where Jaron was hurt or not, but I just remember Kristaps obliterating the Grizzlies. But those are the two true unicorns of the league, and I just and I just really want to see those two battle it out. You know, the battle of the unicorns. It'd be really cool. And also it's a good measuring stick to see where Jaron's at because I think while Anthony Davis is the one thrown out there with his combination of shot blocking and three point shooting, the real guy that you need to look at is Chris Porzingis. Yeah. And I would and the player mat the team matchup I want to see is I want to see them play Utah. One, I want to see John Morant try to dunk on Rudy Gobert, and I'm ready for everybody to try to dunk on Rudy Gobert. And I think, 2 it would be a really cool, almost kind of like a Lakers-Pelicans matchup where it's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect the team that sold their star to this contending team to be right there with them in like a playoff right. atmosphere this soon. So I really think it would be a treat to everyone. Not only to see Mike Conley versus John Morant, but to see John Morant versus Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I would love to hear the trash talk between Joey Ingles and Dylan Brooks. That would be really cool. <laughs> and yes, um, Totally agree. I, honestly, Jonas is always a really bad matchup for Rudy Gobert, so I'd like to see how they exploit that matchup as well. So that's what I'd like to see.
0: I like those picks. And I, and I looked it up while you were talking. We we never got a Jaron Kristaps. It was the first game, Kristaps was hurt. Second game, Jaron was hurt. So they never – but here's what I will say. In each game, it seems like Kristaps had a really good game against the Grizzlies. And then Jaron had a really good game against Dallas. So I'm interested to see how they play when they're actually matched up against one of, one another. So I like that matchup choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And so, Connor, do you have any closing remarks before – we shut down the show.
0: No, man. Uh, you know, just uh, with everything going on in the world today, just just make sure you're, you're continuing to, to fight for equality and to fight against, you know, police brutality and, and for Black Lives Matter. And that's kind of all I got right now. It's just, yeah, it's like I'm so excited basketball is back, but it's just we got to make sure that we remain with, with everything in perspective. Uh, other than that, man, just make sure you're listening to Dion and Jeffrey from 2 to 4. Follow me on Twitter at CDunning99 and just – man. Pray, pray that we get some, some love spread here soon because damn, damn it. We need it. We definitely need it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I echo everything Connor says as the old Bible verse says, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, just do, do your part and just trying to make this world a better place and love, love everybody. Really? So yeah. make sure you're listening to the Giannato and Jeffrey show every day from two to four. You know, with basketball coming back, I'm really going to miss those Mount Rushmore's, Connor. I always like to – Well, they're,
0: they're not – so I don't, I don't know if they're going to go away completely. We're we're still kind of playing around with some of the formats going on. I think that – I mean, shout out to everyone that listened in the audience. It seemed like that they really enjoyed the Mount Rushmore's and the movie and TV stuff that we did. So I'm going to start – We're I think that we're going to kind of keep some of it moving forward. So it's going to be curious to see.
1: Okay, great to hear and you can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Be sure you're reading our work over at Grizzly Bear Blues with the season coming back. And honestly, even when the season was going down, we did a great job of rolling out some content. So be sure you're reading up on everything at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SP and Grizzlies. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you have to do on your podcast platform for the grizzly bear blues podcast network where you can listen to every episode of the core four GBB live and 3d podcast with that that's it